0: Welcome back to the Wise Man's Page, the daily podcast where we read a page of the Wise Man's Fear, and then we talk about it. This is page 320. 320, blaze it, yo. Clank. The bolt dropped to the floor a second time, skittering slightly to one side. This time, Kilvin spotted the source of the noise. Hanging from the ceiling in the far corner of the room was a metal object the size of a large lantern. It was rocking back and forth and spinning slightly as if someone had just struck it a glancing blow. I took it off its hook and brought it back to where Master Kilvin waited at the work table. What is this thing, Relakvoth? He said curiously. I set it down on the table with a heavy clunk. In general terms, Master Kilvin, it's an automatically triggered kinetic opposition device. I beamed proudly. More specifically, it stops arrows. Kilvin bent to look at it, but there was nothing to see except for featureless plates of dark iron. My creation looked like nothing so much as a large eight-sided lantern made entirely of metal. And what do you call it? That was the one part of my invention I hadn't managed to finish. I'd thought of a hundred names, but none of them seemed to fit. Arrow Trap was pedestrian, the Traveler's Friend was prosaic, Bandit Bane was ridiculously melodramatic. I could never have looked Kilvin in the eye again if I'd tried to call it that. I'm having some trouble with the name, I admitted, but for now I'm calling it an arrow catch. Hmm, Kilvin grunted. It does not catch the arrow precisely. I know, I said, exasperated. But it was either that or call it a clank. Kilvin looked at me sideways, his eyes smiling a little. One would think a student of Elodin's would prove more facile with his naming, Rilla Quoth. Delvari had it easy, Master Kilvin, I said. He just made a better axle and stuck his name on it. I can't very well call this the Quoth. Kilvin chuckled. True. He turned back to the arrow catch, eyeing it curiously. How does it work? I grinned and brought out a large roll of paper covered in diagrams, complicated sigildry, metallurgical symbols, and painstaking formulae for kinetic conversion. There are two main parts, I said. The first is the sigildry that automatically forms a sympathetic link with any thin, fast-moving piece of metal within 20 feet. I don't mind telling you that took me a long couple of days to figure out. I tapped the appropriate runes on the piece of paper. At first, I thought that might be enough by itself. I hoped if I bound an incoming arrowhead to... The end of the page. My name's Nick.
1: I'm Jordana. I'm Jeremy. Kilvin
0: makes a joke on this page. Kilvin is, is ripping on him a bit, and that's really great, really reliable. But also, what's kind of funny... So first off, okay, I'm just going to go through my, my train of thought as I read this page. My first thought was that I found it hard to believe that Quoth couldn't come up with a name for it. And then he says, well, I had 100 names. And I go, okay, that's reasonable. And then what keeps him from picking a name is that he wants, to, he wants the name to impress Kilvin right? I bet you he would have called it Bandit Bane if it wasn't for Kilvin's benefit. So that's why he's been cagey.
1: I have a slightly different take on it, which is that I think that he is suffering from something that a lot of creative people I know suffer from, which is self-rejection. Because I think all of those names are awesome and any one of them would be really good. But he is so inside his own head and so concerned with what his audience will think that he can't settle on one so he sets on something that is kind of boring and not really appropriate because it doesn't actually catch the arrow whereas I think if he had called it bandit bane kill would be like that rules that's great
2: marketing both called it the boring thing
0: yeah i actually like traveler's friend i think that's the better kind of i think that's good marketing i think there's an obvious there's an obvious marketing campaign attached with traveler's friend
1: are your caravans being plagued by bandits are 8 mercenaries just too expensive for a, for the businessman on a budget you need a friend a traveler's friend exactly he says
2: that that title is too what is the word he uses
1: prosaic
2: prosaic what is prosaic
1: simple Kind of like unassuming.
2: Yeah, no, that seems perfect to me. I think Traveler's Friend would have been lovely.
1: I think that he's overthinking it. I do think it's funny,
0: however, that he says, I can't name it after myself. I can't call it the Quoth when ultimately it does end up being named after him. It's called the Bloodless, eventually.
1: Ah.
2: That makes sense.
1: That is a fun piece of irony. This sequence is also an example of something that we've talked about before, which is that Rothfuss has done a good job of explaining to us how sympathy works, and now we get to see a really clever and innovative application of sigildry and of sympathy. And because we understand the basics of how it works, we can follow along with the logic of how Kvothe went about making this thing because he sort of fills in the blanks of like physics that we're talking about. I tried to just make it stop the arrow, but that doesn't work because the it doesn't have time to completely stop the arrow. It can only slow it down. An arrow that's moving slower is still going to really hurt somebody. So it's not doing the thing. So I have to meet it with an equal and opposite force. I've
0: talked before about how Sympathy and Sigildry reminds me of coding. And this sequence where he's talking through the logic reminds me of coding probably more than any other, because this is how you tackle a coding problem. You have a series of tools and rules at your disposal, and you have to kind of think through the process that you're going to arrange things. Anything is possible in code. It's just a question of arranging it You're arranging the tools you have in such a way that it can make it possible. And the process that he goes through where he kind of like maps it out and diagrams it is part of the methodology that you use when you are mapping out a difficult code problem.
1: I think that this kind of problem solving approach is also just something that engineers in general have to do, right? When you invent something, you have to test it and try and anticipate all the things that could go wrong or all the sort of use cases. And as we'll see later on in this chapter... Kilvin does sort of grill Quoth on, like, well, what about, what if this happens? What if that happens? How do you do this with it? How do you do that with it? Kilvin wants to make sure that this thing that comes out of the fishery is going to be ready for market. And Quoth has done a pretty good job of anticipating all the ways that it could be misused or all the things that could possibly go wrong. Probably because. The last time he showed Kilvin something he invented, he hadn't thought all of that stuff through. And Kilvin made a point of critiquing that.
0: Yeah, that's good that you remembered that, Jeremy. This is absolutely him using his learnings from the last time he presented something to Kilvin.
1: And that feels authentic to me because as I recall from being critiqued in my like writing workshops in university, like I think one of the first stories I submitted, a lot of people critiqued my pacing. And pacing was not something that I had ever given any thought to when writing something for Like, Literally didn't occur to me. And then from then on, I was way more careful in thinking about making sure that events were moving at a steady clip or that I was at least considering the pacing of a story. So it rings true to me that if someone critiques some, a specific thing, then you're going to pay attention to it.
0: Yeah, or at least you you remember the way they structure their critique and you make sure to have an answer ready.
2: So we know that Foth has presented the arrow catch in such a way, but for how he made it, because he explains like the equal and opposite force for the arrow. How does the bear trap fit into this?
1: There's The springs are inside the arrow catch. So when the piece of, I feel like he explains this on the next Yeah, page. he's going to talk about it okay. on the next page. But basically when the sigildry is triggered, the springs from the bear catch pop and that force counteracts the force of the arrow moving this way.
2: Which makes the clank sound.
0: Yeah, that's where the... Got it. The kinetic force is coming from.
2: Excellent. I am ready to hear about it more on tomorrow's Are people
1: sounding off in the chat?
2: Uh, yes. That's actually why I asked the bear trap question. Because someone brought up the bear trap and I was like, oh, I have no idea how that works.
1: <laughs> well, I'd even forgotten that he wanted a bear trap. I forget who he said that to. I'd not, you know, now that it's come up I'm like, oh yeah, the bear trap.
0: Yeah, it was an, it was an epiphany. He was talking to Simon, as I recall, and he was like, a
1: bear trap.
0: Anyway, we have a letter today from Manuel. And this is perhaps our first bit of listener-to-listener beef, so I relish this. Ooh. (laughs) Oh, God. On page 292. Hello, pagers. After reading this page and then discussing drunken bets and laying pipe, you read a letter from Patrick Knott Rothfuss. In the letter, he correctly pointed out that Quoth was certainly at fault for burning down the town of Trebin, however heroically it was done, mainly for setting a fire to draw the dracus to a spot overlooking the town and for feeding it a drug that induces mania. I would take that idea one step further. In telling the story, Coat explains Quoth's biggest mistake without actually pointing it out. After Denna eats some of the resin, he makes her eat a mouthful of coals in order to slow her body's absorption of the drug to a survivable rate. Now, this giant goddamn dragon's regular diet consists entirely of wood that it has burned and eaten. The dinner trees that the Dracus burns and eats are basically just more charcoal-slowing absorption. There's no reason to assume that the Dracus's uncontrolled process was concentrating the resin in any way. I think of it as comparing the long process of boiling down 40 plus gallons of sugar maple sap and getting less than a gallon of maple syrup to the amount of syrup you get from burning down a maple tree and eating it. The Dracus was not a raving sweet eater, it was probably getting at most a mild euphoric state from eating the burned trees. Well, that and a belly full of toxin-absorbing coals. I think Quoth's primary mistake was in not considering this about the Dracus even though he himself had just saved Enna by immediately thinking of it in her case. Narrator Quoth even talks about his confusion, that there seemed to be no effect on the Dracus after eating their calculated lethal dose. What it comes down to is that there probably was no dose of sufficient lethality to overcome the Dracus's biological processes. If Quoth hadn't dropped an iron wheel and half a church on it, it probably would have slept for a couple days and then wandered off perfectly fine. Signed, Manuel. And this is less beefy than I intend. Than I expected it to be. So this is actually listeners ganging up on us. So they have beef against us.
1: You know what, Manuel? That makes a lot of sense. And I feel like that might actually be all part of Rothfuss's master plan. Even if that's never ever going to come up, I think that that might be Rothfuss's internal logic. Uh, I mean, not that we know. We'd have to read that book about the mating habits of the common Drakus to know exactly what the biology of the Drakus is. But I think that you raised some compelling evidence.
2: I agree.
0: Well, the evidence is also there in the book. I think it's it's a really great. It's interesting that Quoth Quoth feels, together. yeah, Quoth feels the he feels responsible for it, and then presents us a version of the story that kind of absolves him of that responsibility and fails to point out to us that actually, no, there's a really compelling argument for him being responsible.
1: Well, I think that Quoth doesn't think of it right. Like, I think that Quoth that's an example of illustrating Quoth's flaw of like not thinking something all the way through. And he still hasn't, right? Even as an adult, he hasn't thought it all the way through because that's like a character flaw that he has.
0: And unlike on this page, when he learns something and applies it to Kilvin, he has yet to learn how to deal with that character flaw.
2: Patrick NotRoth is sounding off in the chat to to correct us once more. Uh, and that's that even if we were to read Mating Habits of the Common Dracus, we still wouldn't know it's biology because the author explicitly was not able to catch and dissect one
1: Mm, well there you go i think that a character doesn't have to overcome their tragic flaw to be a good character and think of all the people you know in your life who you love and respect and think of as wonderful people but who have character flaws that even though they are aware that they have them they are not always aware that it's like something that they're doing right then and there it's not something that they're necessarily going to going to or want to conquer it's just a fact of their personality and i think that Quoth's persistent inability to always think through the consequences of his actions is just an attribute of his character it's part of what makes him interesting
0: there you have it folks finally we agree Quoth is interesting (laughs) i think that we have always
1: agreed
2: would we have would we have done this would we have committed to this podcast if we did not think that he was interesting
1: yeah that's the thing like, we can agree we can agree to disagree about whether or not he did nothing wrong but we all agree that he's an interesting character worth exploring reasonable i feel like we all reject the premise that he's a mary sue because he's not yeah no he's not a mary sue. we will continue to to crank our bits and grind our gears on tomorrow's page of
0: the wind, wind.